Hello, hello everybody and welcome to episode 50! Yeah! Yeah! I'm super duper excited, I'm pumped up. We have a great episode today and I bet you can guess who our extraordinary guest is on the show. Yes, it is Miss Kyla Prins from InMySkinnyJeans.com in the Finding Our Hunger podcast. She was actually my first guest on this show episode one. If you haven't listened to that, go enjoy it before you listen to this one. But here we are, a huge milestone in the making for episode 50, and I wanted to have her back on the show to kind of celebrate, talk about where we are now, and actually have one of the best episodes I have ever had. I can truly say that in this one, we talk about some nitty-gritty details of our lives and how we have develop some new perspectives and mindsets in regards to exercise, movement, sensuality. So for any kiddos around know that we're talking about that today. It's going to be a really great episode, but before we do that, I want to give you some um, insight into a little special that I'm doing for this podcast episode to celebrate episode 50. First of all, I have been spending the last several months making a workbook. I have poured my heart and soul into this workbook, talking about how to clean up your diet environment, how to eliminate food triggers. I put my number one tool for my clients in this workbook. I talk about food fears, how to eat food again normally, intuitively, mindfully. I go into detail on creating purpose-driven worth in your life. Every single chapter in this workbook has worksheets. It's in um, PDF form, so you don't have to print it off. You can just type in your answers in the workbook. In this book, I also give my favorite books. I give um, a list of all my favorite books that were crucial for my recovery and discovery process. Free resources and um, some of my favorite things are in this book and I really 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 am excited about it so what I'm going to be doing for you guys is two things first of all this workbook I want you to be able to buy it and purchase it if you just want to have it for yourself so if you want this book you can get it for $29.97 you can go to the show notes for this episode at maddiemoon.com slash mbm50 and you can click on the link in there Get the book for $29.97. I'm selling it by itself so you can have it. Also, if you want to go and, and just get the book, if you can remember the link, it's maddiemoon.com slash free your mind. Free your mind. So you can get the book by just going to maddiemoon.com slash free your mind. It'll be delivered to you instantly. This, um, this is going to be the first time that I've put it out there. No one has this book yet. I'm running this special right now. So if you want to get it, I really, really want to hear your feedback because I'm stoked about it. I have been getting a lot of questions from people that want to do body freedom, but they're not quite sure yet if they want to do the, the program but they want to have more insights on the, the tools that I use in order to create food freedom for myself. So that's why I made this book. One day I was just like, let's do it. I'm going to make it. And then people in college and then older people just not sure what they want to learn about yet. Anyone can get this. Daughters can get it. It's useful. Mothers, fathers, anyone. But if you have any questions, just email me at mindbodymusings at gmail.com. And the next thing I have to share 
that I'm really excited about is that for the 50th episode, I am running a another special. And, and keep in mind, guys, this all these specials run till Sunday. Um, the book is going to be up for forever, so you can get the book. Um, I say forever. I'm not sure how I'm going to start including this book in different avenues, but you can always go to those links and get the the workbook instantly. It's an e-workbook, I should also mention. So you can get that through email. But I am running a special till Sunday on Body Freedom. And the workbook is included in your Body Freedom membership. So if you go to maddiemoon.com slash BF, like always, it's always on there, you will get the workbook with the entirety of the program, the whole four-week course, the support group, one-on-one accountability coaching with me. So if you're ready to start your body freedom journey and you're ready to, to really dive deeper than the workbook, but really dive deep and ask me questions for the entirety of the month and figure out why you have these food fears, why you have exercise addiction, and how you can move past it and start discovering new avenues in your life that are going to fulfill you long term more than you ever have been fulfilled by your food fears and your controlling this program is for you. And I'm also going to be doing 20% off of the program just until Sunday because the program, it does take a lot of time for me with answering emails and helping you and coaching you. So with the program and with the 20% off, I hope you guys, if you really feel called to sign up, now is the time. Um, so to get the 20% off, all you're going to do is enter episode 50, and that's 50 at checkout episode 50 so that I know that you're getting this 20% off from the episode 50 of the podcast so enter episode 50 you got 20% off and you get the workbook whoop whoop all right I am super excited about all the promotions going on because this stuff lights my heart on fire because I love working with you guys this is why I'm here this is my career my passion my life blood. So sign up so I can help you with all of your life's progressions and we can get started on this journey together. Okay, I'm doing a new thing. It's called Review of the Week. If you leave a review on iTunes, I'm going to be reading off a new um, awesome five-star review every single week. And this one comes from FL Jeff. And he says, compelling, engaging, fresh, inspiring. In a world Cue dramatic movie trailer music of fitness, nutrition, fat burning, health podcasts. Madeline's fresh voice and fun podcast challenges what we're led to believe by the media, magazines, and the fitness industry. While I'm not probably the typical demographic of an MBM listener, 45, male, married for 20 years with three kids, I was affected years ago by the Rocky movies, health magazines, and podcasts about the definition of health. Wow, was I manipulated. Thanks, Maddie, for sharing your story so honestly and candidly to help others to overcome body image and distorted views of diet and food. Appreciate your broad array of guests and your soothe and fun interview style. As Dean Carnazes, sorry if I butchered that, said smartly and should apply to health, diet, fitness advice, listen to everyone, follow no one. Fantastic quote and what a sweet uh, review left on my show. Thank you so much, FL Jeff. I think I know who you are. Um, I really appreciate you always engaging in my my stuff on social media and also listening to the show. I really, really, really appreciate every single one of you. So today we're going to jump right on in with Kyla Prinz, aka Miss Skinny Jeans. 
Um, as I said, she is the host of the Finding Our Hunger podcast, which I have been on, and it is so much fun. It's a beautiful podcast with lots of interesting, amazing guests, and I'm ready to get this show started. Are you guys ready? Let's head on over. Welcome to the Mind Body Musings podcast, the show for everyone and anyone that is ready to break free from the dogmatic chains of the health and fitness industry and create their own life free from restrictions. Now, introducing your host, Madeline Moon, a former fitness model gone sane and the author of the popular self-love book, The Perfection Myth. If you dig the show and you're looking for more insight on how to stop food and exercise from controlling your life, check out her website, maddiemoon.com, and grab your free guide. If you're ready to end dieting once and for all, it's time you learn how to pursue real health instead. Enjoy the show. Hello, and how are you doing, Kyla Prince? I am fabulous this morning. How are you? I am good. It's so good to talk to you. I've like, I have like, I, I, okay, so you already know this, but I'm going to have to tell the audience that this is episode number 50, and you are my Ta-da. first guest on the show, and now we've come all the way full circle a year later. Episode 50. Oh, yay! I know. It's, I, I can't believe it. So, you know, it's really exciting. Um, at the time that we're recording this, I'm at episode 100 of my podcast, so um, it's kind of absurd. Like, there's a lot of, like, crazy milestones, and it's hard to believe that we've been doing this for so long. (laughs) I know. It it went by really quickly, but I remember, like, the first episode – I was so nervous with you. Like, I was like, really? yes, I was like, let's go ahead and just schedule it. Like right now, let's just schedule it, get it out of the way. And I was like, <laughs> I just got to do this. I was so, so, so nervous. So like going back and listening to those beginning episodes is a little difficult, but it's also <laughs> awesome just to see how far like you've come and yours and how far I've come and the nerves are mm-hmm. gone finally. <laughs> oh, you're lucky. I still sweat like crazy. I'm on episode. I've, I've recorded a hundred and seven episodes I want to say right now and I still sweat like crazy every single time <laughs> it's because you're passionate you care so much yeah. I I mean there are certain people I do like um when I had uh Zha Zhang on my show he's the fear of rejection or the uh, rejection therapy guy he mm-hmm. I was I had to re-record the intro because the first time around I stuttered so many times and it was oh, like no. I was like I promise I'm good at th- I'm okay at this I'm good at this like I promise I don't normally talk like this but I was so like nervous to talk to him but it was a great episode it was fun oh yeah that's fabulous well I'm I'm just I'm so excited that you started your podcast because I remember when we were talking about it before you started your podcast and there was kind of all that like well should I is this something I can do I really want to I don't know where it's gonna go and I'm like you know what just let's just do it (laughs) yeah (laughs) all those like pre questions of like before I make this decision and I mean, it's it's certainly grown into something that I didn't imagine it would grow into. Like, I started this show being like, I'm going to interview everyone and anyone and I'm going to get everyone's input on dieting and training. And and then as time went on, I realized, like, I don't want to I don't want to talk to just anyone like I'm I don't Mm want to hear about low carb and how ketosis is the, the way of the future and 
how like intermittent fasting is the new thing and eventually I had to like stop like start canceling some future episodes because I was like I don't want to interview that person anymore it doesn't feel right and Mm -hmm. it keeps getting like more and more pinpointed to the kind of person that I want to be recording with and that's why the beginning episodes and do you struggle with this like the beginning episodes don't really align with like where you are now and you're like gosh yeah yeah (laughs) well yeah so actually so for my 100th episode I went through every single episode that I had and I like kind of put them all into like in order and like made like little albums of you know each episode and or you know like each category and there's like an entire category that I just would like delete right now and I not the people because I love the people that I've talked to it's the mindset or the questions that I asked or the things that I I held so true at the time that I just don't really believe anymore and it's because it's not even that I don't believe in it or I don't, you know, like I, I think you're invalid. Your argument is wrong. It's more like I my worldview has expanded and those things no longer fit in with that worldview. Mm, Does totally, that make any sense? Totally. <laughs> like that's exactly how I feel. That's a great way to put it because the people that I wish I could just take off the show, I'm like, I respect you. I like you. You're a great person. You have a gift to share with this world. But maybe not my world. <laughs> like yeah, It just isn't exactly. like and, – and sometimes I'll get emails from people being like – you know, your podcast is great. I really enjoy it. But there are some contradicting people on your show. And I'm like, I know. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Like, I was like, listen <laughs> to um, episode like 25 and beyond, like, and, and yes. like later, like the beginning ones are great and fun. And there are a few in there sprinkled in that I highly like, like my first like three, you mm-hmm. and Matt Stone and Isabel Fox and Duke awesome like I got the three best ones at the beginning but then I had like a bodybuilder who was like talking about how yeah. like, you, you remember that one yeah oh yes that was when I went wait what are you doing <laughs> right and I actually went back that's the only one I've gone back and I took it off and I replaced it with another one because I never did like an official introducing Maddie Moon podcast so I re-recorded that like two weeks ago and I did an introducing Maddie Moon and iTunes of course is like stupid and it's taking a long time to sync the new version so like mm. the title changed and it's like introducing Maddie Moon but it's still that guy that's like speaking on the show and I'm like ah this this is like it's just one of those technical difficulties like you really can't do anything about and I just have to be patient and and I'm glad I'm telling the world right now so that everyone knows that episode is Mm -hmm. supposed to be about me and iTunes is like having a hard time changing the actual content just the title so yeah and it was you know it was worrisome when I heard that one I I think I've expressed that to you at some point you know I think when we recorded uh re-recorded uh you know, you came on the show for the second time. Whereas, like, you know, because you have come so far. Um, like, it really, it's just been so neat to watch your evolution just from, you know, kind of where you were when we met, what, three years ago? Um, something crazy like that. Um, and who you've become and the kind of leader and role model that you've become because you really are living a truth as opposed to speaking the truth and kind of living around it. Um, you know, it's really funny. So I... I lead a, a body image breakthrough is what I call it. It's like a free meetup group in uh, the South Bay area in Sunnyvale, California. And um, we were actually talking about that very thing where it's like, what do you do when you believe something? Like, you know, it's true. Like, for example, like, you know, that fat doesn't make you fat and you probably need to eat it. But you have that thing in your head that's like, but I'm I'm beyond this. Like, I can't have fat because I am some sort of weird exception, right? I still have a rule I have to follow, but I'll tell everybody else, eat fat. It'll be okay, Mm. right? Um, 
And, you know, some, one, of, one of the girls kind of asked that. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's like all of us, right? I mean, how easy is it to say, oh, yeah, you have to love your body. You have to be, like, in touch with your – you have to eat what feels good. Like, you have to – do, and then you're sitting at home with your bulk cooked chicken um, going, it doesn't feel good, but I have to do this, mm-hmm. and I don't know why, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's been really neat to kind of watch your evolution to where that literally has gone from being like the the say like oh yeah I'm I'm eating I'm eating healthy and I'm doing it in a way that you know feels good and but really I'm bodybuilding on the side right <laughs> to go there to who you've become which is literally like this thing doesn't feel good I'm not doing this thing anymore <laughs> right know? okay so yeah. since we're bringing this up now this is a great transition I wanted to go in a different order but since we're on the subject okay. I think it fits in perfectly um so like the whole walking your talk thing is so important and like you said it is sometimes it's that line where it's just like how do I really truly do it like when I'm still struggling and I it's easy to speak about it's easy to help others but sometimes it's like like we're not perfect. We still have moments where we are confused or we feel lost yeah. or we're going back into the same old cycle we used to be out of. We're getting better at pulling ourselves out of it very quickly. But mm-hmm. when you're in it, sometimes you can't see it. And it's like very, it's a very big eye opener. So for example, mm-hmm. I have been doing CrossFit for the past mm-hmm. year, right? And yeah, we talked about that on my podcast. Yeah. Yes. And so I, I'm, I'm into it. I am enjoying it. And I truly did enjoy it. Truly. Like it was it was fun because it was a community aspect. I was still lifting weights, which I enjoyed doing. But the past month, I started to realize this isn't really serving me in the way that I want to be served. Like it's so interesting because I would I would get really, really intense with with uh my work my business my podcast all this stuff was like on a high it was feeling really really good and then it all kind of felt like it was stopping for a second which i understand because there are cycles we can't always be um rocking and rolling like 24 7 there are cycles where we have to rest but i think the rest for me personally i feel like it was like meant to be like something else in my life wasn't aligning with my message And Mm -hmm. I needed like life was like God was like, stop, you need to pay attention to this. And so things kind of started dying down. And I was like, I need to find inspiration elsewhere so I could keep the momentum going. And then I'd go into CrossFit and I like work out and I would leave like stressed out. I would like run home, make my meal not enjoy it. I wouldn't eat it mindfully. I would like go like run to a coffee shop, get work done, like hot and bothered, like, like just like super stressed out. And and then I was just like, this isn't how I'm supposed to like, my morning is so lovely. It's like, we go for a walk. I listen to a podcast, take my dog out. I make breakfast. Um, mm-hmm. I read a book and then I get started on like my blog post of the day or whatever. And it's so nice. And I go CrossFit and I c- come back and I'm like, I wasn't this enough. I wasn't that enough. I didn't lift hard enough. And like mm-hmm. there, sometimes their attitudes in there are like, you know, kind of, um, don't get me wrong because I love, I love them all, but there are certain people that will put you down if you don't do your quote hardest or your quote best, or if you're not the mm-hmm. best and not necessarily like that was making me feel like I needed to always be the best but hearing that kind of language it's not like that pumps me up for um, body positivity and like loving yourself no matter what that like puts me down I'm like yeah I wasn't doing it hard enough and and like I I decided that I would um, just think about leaving just really just think about think about it like what can I do because that hour of my day is crucial for feeling uplifted like I need when I step away from my computer whatever I do it's for fun right right 
And right, absolutely. And like that's a hard thing when you when you're still kind of battling that exercise needs to happen to get food mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it's not easy to break that. Just you know, putting that out there, especially when you're in an environment that's still kind of promoting it. Mm-hmm. And it's subtle. It's like very subtle. And like sometimes I'll tell you we don't do that, but like the language and the actions show that you do. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly. not for everywhere, of course. But um. So basically, what I'm getting at, I mm-hmm. pulled myself out of it, and I, I canceled my auto renewal, and I said, farewell, you guys are rock. I might be back later, so if I ever go back, you know, don't hold me to it. I could go back. It could be the right time. Right now is not the right time. Who knows? Um, mm-hmm. But for now, it's not right. And then when I said, you know, no longer am I going to be going, I still had two and a half weeks left of my membership, and I was like, oh, I already spent the money. Like, they won't give me the money back, so... I want to get my money out of it. And then I was just like, realized like, you know, money is comes and goes. Like my, my boyfriend is amazing with talking about money. He's always just like, it's like one of my biggest fears. And he's always just like, it just comes and goes. Like it's easy to come by. Really it is. We think it's not, but it is. So, you know, do what like feels best right now, but really think, how do you want to spend your time? And I was like, I don't want to go. Like, I feel like I need to go get my money's worth, but I really don't want to go. Like, that's well, two and, and a half that's, weeks of frustration. That's super. That's super important because, um, you know, there's a, there's this thing. There's a principle in economics called sunk cost, right? Where you've lost the money you've spent. It's you put it. You put that money into something. You invested in something, and it didn't. You didn't get a return, or you weren't able to use it, or you somehow lost that money but didn't get any kind of. Um, you know, anything out of it. So that's what this was. This was for you, sunk cost. And I know a lot of people, uh, especially when uh, I'm speaking with people who feel like they've lost a lot of their lives to disordered eating or over-exercise or obsessive thoughts about their body, which, you know, I have like 13 years of sunk cost. Um, You know, I kind of frame it like that because here's the thing. You spent the time. You spent the money, right? Like it's in your past. Um, You can't use it. You don't want to use it um, for the same reason that like I don't you know, I had 13 years of learning how to, you know, get super, you know, super into exercise and I lost a ton of weight and I looked a certain way and I invested so much of my money and my time into my gym and to the kitchen. And I don't look like that. So it doesn't look like I spent all of that time. So it's technically, quote unquote, sunk cost. Right. Mm -hmm. I can be upset about that and I can try to get more of a return on my investment. I can try to use those two two weeks. Right. Because I feel like I've got some kind of obligation to that investment. But if you really want to get out of the behavior, if you really want to, you know, make your life full of something better, then you just have to say, I lost that time. It's time I can't use. Now what? Now what am I going to do with my time instead? What am I going to do with my money instead? Um, And I think it's really hard for people to get out of damaging behaviors specifically because that sunk cost, you hold on to that. It's like, but I know that I don't have to look a certain way, but I put so much time into it. I should probably hold on to it so people can remember that I do, you know? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. Ah, you hit it like spot on. Okay. So my question then, I've been getting this a lot recently. Um, I mm-hmm. feel like I've covered it here and there, but I've had some listeners that really want to dive deeper into movement. And I think you're the perfect person for this because you had exercise addiction and like you've, you work with clients about how to get out of this. So how do you channel? Okay. So for someone that is still in that mindset, um, of like 
movement equals exercise, controlling weight. It means to earn your mm-hmm. food. It means like do it every day because of what people think, you, you know, looking like you, you are the person that they think that you are. Um, how mm-hmm. do you change your mindset from a yeah. means to control weight to a means for enjoyment, pleasure, movement? So this is a tough one. The first thing you have to do is remove yourself from a situation where other people are telling you that you have to do it. So if this is something that really matters to you, um, you have to get out of that community where people are telling you that you have to look, move, or perform a certain way. Um, Because honestly, you know how they say, like, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with, or the average of the five people, whatever. I don't know the whole Mm -hmm. saying. But essentially, if you're surrounded by people who are telling you, yeah, exercise is, you know, food is only fuel and you have to earn your food and et cetera. If you're surrounded by that, it doesn't matter if you've told yourself that it doesn't matter. If people are saying it, you're still absorbing it. Same thing goes for like your Pinterest board with Fitspiration. Get rid of it. Um, If you're following bodybuilders on Instagram, get rid of them. Like whatever it is that you're using as a trigger or other people are using to trigger you, get rid of it. Cut it out. You don't need it. Um, Now, I personally... And this is, you know, I don't, I know this is a tough one for people because my, my philosophy about recovery is uncomfortable, but not unsafe. Um, I don't like the idea of going completely cold turkey if it feels unsafe to you. So for things like, you know, getting rid of a Fitspiration board, that's probably uncomfortable, but not unsafe. Um, not going to the gym for four months is probably unsafe because what's going to happen at the end of those four months, you'll freak out and feel like you need to restrict, right? Or, or over-exercise or do something. Um, but for me, I have chronic pain. And I had uh, ankle surgery in 2014, and I took four months off from the gym. Because the first, the first ankle surgery, um, you know, I kind of jumped right back into it way too fast. And, you know, I was going to the gym with my foot in a boot and still trying to do upper body work, you know. Um, and I'm still dealing with chronic pain yeah, four years after the original injury. So I took four months off, completely off, and I did gain weight and nothing bad happened. So that challenged a lot of my mindset. Um, when I allowed my body to be where it needed to be, I got my period back. Um, I, you know, people still liked me. Uh, my business grew. Um, I got a new job. Like it was just all these really great things that happened. And so all the things that I thought were going to happen when I didn't exercise, when I didn't earn my food, when I didn't, you know, control my body, none of those things happened. Mm-hmm. Right. So for me, it was very much about challenging your mindset. Now I understand a lot of people don't want to gain weight, even if they need to. Um, and is so that, that, that be- is, is that okay? I'm sorry. I don't want to cut you yeah. off, but I'm wondering like when people, like I've had people say like they have a, a threshold, like they cannot gain more than this amount of weight. And in my mind, I'm like, well, why not? Like, what if that's like your key to recovery? How do yeah. you handle people who have this mindset of, I cannot gain more than this? Cause you don't want to push them more right. than they can physically handle, but you also want them to, to be open-minded. What do you do there? It's, you have to meet people where they are. And unfortunately, There are going to be people who will fight this for the rest of their lives, um, but there are also people who are willing to be open. Um, And that openness doesn't come right away. So it's where we say, okay, so you don't take too many days off from the gym. 
You don't have to gain weight. You don't have. And most people, here's the thing. A lot of people won't gain weight. Like that's, I know we're all like super scared of like 10 pounds or five pounds or whatever. I gained like 40. Um, I needed it. I needed it to get my period back. Um, and that's totally, like that is abnormal. I have a bad thyroid and I didn't, you know, like I didn't move for several months and I mostly ate sugar. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I get it. Um, most people aren't going to go through that. So I think there's a lot of unfounded fear. Um, And so we kind of just have to take it slow. If you're not willing to gain weight, period, what are you willing to do? What are you just willing to do today that can help your mindset? Because taking a day off doesn't make you gain weight. You know, eating a nourishing meal that is literally nourishing and you're not just calling it nourishing because some health guru told you it was Mm -hmm. like, you know, that is not going to make you gain weight. Maybe you'll have more water retention, you know, and you'll ha- you'll fluctuate two or three pounds. It's okay. It's okay. Um, but we have, I mean, I-, I have to meet my clients where they are. When, when we're working, I don't say you have to gain weight. Um, in fact, most people really, they won't gain a lot, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. In fact, when you find a form of movement that works for you, your body is going to go where it needs to go. So if you're not paying attention to the scale, if you're not paying attention to your pant size and you're out moving the way that you're supposed to move, um, moving, and I say supposed to, um, the way you want to move, let me rephrase that, um, the way you want to move, and you're eating foods that you want to eat, it's not going to matter what you weigh, first of all. And second, you're probably not going to gain that much weight. Yeah, totally. And, and I think it's funny how people will, not funny and not just people, I'll say um, it's interesting how I <laughs> used to say stuff like, you know, it, abs are made in the kitchen, doesn't really matter, exercise is only 10%, blah, blah, blah. And it's like I put all this pressure on food and then also exercise. But then when it came down to it, I like cared and controlled my exercise just as much as food and like oh yeah it became all of a sudden when I needed to step away from like bodybuilding for example it became a much bigger deal than quote it ever was whenever I was bodybuilding I was like oh yeah this makes it a little bit of a difference but mostly my food my nutrition now that I've like really learned how to just eat in a way that makes me feel awesome it's like <laughs> emphasizing something else and it's like okay well the exercise portion needs to be exercise it needs to be controlled concise daily yeah. blah, 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 and like in a box and it's like whoa 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 back up if, if you're starting to think that way mm-hmm. probably is not really feeling your soul it's probably like not the healthiest thing to be doing if your thoughts immediately go to I need to do this I have to do this in order to get this so what does that process looking look like like when you're trying to get out of the mindset and experiment with new types of movement how do you know when you when you found the movement you like because that is a tough question in itself like do I really like this or am I just doing this because I feel Mm -hmm. like I need to do something else Um, so yeah, so here's, it's, that's really tough because, Mm -hmm. you know, especially if you are addicted to exercise or if you don't know you're addicted to exercise, but you're using it to, you know, quell your anxiety. Um, here's the thing. If you go to the gym, right. And you're, you're like, oh, I love, I lifting weights makes me feel so great. And you miss a day, right. You have a day planned and you miss a day. If the anxiety of missing a day becomes greater than the ability to enjoy your day off because, you know, you're out uh, having a picnic with your family or, you know, that's when you know that it's you're not using exercise in a way that's healthy. 
Um, when you feel guilty for missing a day um, or guilty for cutting it short or doing something different from that w- than planned, or if you find yourself getting upset when somebody's in your way when you're trying to do supersets, or you know you find yourself planning your life around your exercise instead of your exercise around your life, that's when you have to take a step back and say, am I using this in a way that is truly liberating and healthy? Or am I using this because I'm trying to deal with some underlying anxiety? I'm trying to handle some depression. There's things in my life that feel out of control. So I'm trying to control my body, etc. Now, on the flip side, how do you know when you found the thing? Well, that's when your heart sings every time you think about it. But you don't feel like if you're like, oh, man, I have to miss a day. It's because you're like, man, I'm disappointed I have to miss a day. Oh, well, I'll make it up tomorrow or I'll make it up next week. You know, when you go, okay, well, this is great. I can always try something new. When you're when it feels when there's no anxiety, I think, involved, that's when, you know, you've hit it. Um, You know, I found that a lot with MoveNat um, a while back. And I, I unfortunately can't do a lot of MoveNat because of my ankle. And so I was forced to find something completely different. Um, and I'll actually, so, <laughs> so for me, um, I stumbled upon my current fitness modality by accident. Um, I wasn't exercising. I was kind of like going to the gym and like, you know, I was starting to fall back into some patterns that I knew I needed to stop. So I stopped going to the gym. Um, I was also traveling a lot, um, for work last year and then also for conferences. So I'm on the road. I'm like traveling. I just started dating. Um, and I started, I met this guy who was all like just crazy and fun. And he suggested we go to a burlesque show. Um, I was like, what? Burlesque? Really? Okay. Um, burlesque, for those of you out there who don't know, is striptease. Um, it's not uh, like a, it's not like going to a strip club. It's uh, fun. It's very theatrical. Um, women wear pasties. Um, and it's very, it's like a, just if you haven't seen burlesque, go find yourself a burlesque theater and just go go see a show. It's amazing. Um, and it was women of every size body. It was so cool to see because, I mean, they were all just gorgeous and sexy and fun. And they were they were literally every size and shape, every age, too. Um, there's actually a burlesque show in San Francisco. And I think this week or last week, they had like a 79-year-old woman who's been performing since the, like, 40s. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, So, yeah, or maybe she's older than that. She doesn't, she hasn't revealed her age, but, um, you know, so I went to the show and I'm like, ah, I want to try burlesque dance, not as a fitness modality. I just wanted to go on stage and be like, that looks so cool. Um, But where I live, there's no burlesque. I have to drive an hour to the East Bay or to San Francisco in order to go do that. But there was one like small studio in Campbell, which is about 20 minutes from me, and they do burlesque fitness. And I was like, okay, I'll go try it out. And it was fun. It was cute. But I noticed that the studio was mostly a pole dancing studio. And I went, huh, that seems interesting. So I took an intro class and I went, oh, this is the thing. This is the thing I need to go do. As somebody who is an incredible prude, who was raised like, you know, I'm always like, you know, I'm I'm also like a, a big feminist. Uh, I write for everyday feminism.com. Like I'm, I'm like pole dancing. That is, that is terrible. It's, you know, you're, you're appropriating a horrible sex work thing. Like it just, it doesn't work with my entire like ethics and morals until I tried it. And I went, oh my God, this is gymnastics. 
<laughs> you mm. know, it's gymnastics, but it's about being in touch with my body. I'm not dancing for guys. Ours, uh, we have an all-female studio, no men allowed. And when you go and dance, you're dancing for you. I fell in love. And like, I've missed, I, I only go like, you know, twice a week. Um, I miss, I've missed days and had to make them up. It doesn't kill me. I don't feel anxiety. I feel sad because I love my studio and I love the women I, I dance with. But I, it's not, I don't know. There's not a, there's not this imperative of like, if you don't work out today, you're a bad person. It's like, I'm just sad that I can't go work out today. Yes, I love it so much. And I have been keeping up with your Instagram and watching you do this. And it's so inspiring to see that you're doing something that makes you feel beautiful Mm -hmm. and sexy and expressive. And you're creating art. And when I first saw it, I'm not going to lie. I was like, whoa, (laughs) what is she doing? Like that, that is not like, I've never seen. It's not okay, right? (laughs) It's kind of like a thought popped in my head. Like Mm -hmm. I, I, I didn't know she did this. Like, how did she get into this? And mm-hmm. I was just so curious, and I want to know, how has it changed your views on other women's bodies? Has it improved? Oh, man. You already saw bodies, like the beautiful creations they are, but how did it influence it even more? Oh, man. So, well, so pole dancing has completely challenged, and burlesque, too, have challenged my perception of what the body can do. Um, you know, as somebody who is, you know, technically I'm disabled, right, because of my ankle. Um, you know, I've got the parking placard and everything to prove it. Um, so there's already like this idea that ability is different for other people. Like I, I kind of had internalized that as like, okay, so that's a truth. So, you know, when you're looking at a Fitzbo thing that says everybody can do this thing or otherwise you're a bad person, it's like not everybody can do that thing. So I'd already kind of gotten the idea that there are people who have disability, and so everybody's different. Um, and I already was like, okay, I'm, I'm cool with other people's bodies. But I think there's still a large amount of internalized fat phobia that we have. Um, mm-hmm. And I say we because I, I've talked to a lot of people who they're like, oh, well, it's okay for other people to be fat, but I can't ever gain weight. Mm-hmm. It's, and that, what that really means is I'm judging other fat people too. Right. Right. Um, I'm judging them because they let themselves go or they don't look the way I look. Um, I've talked to people who have said, you know, I talked actually uh, a a friend of mine said to me, we were kind of talking about this and she's like, yeah, it's very strange. I find myself whenever um, I'm feeling less than other people, like whenever, you know, I'm losing an argument or something in my head, I can say to myself, well, at least I'm not as fat as she is or at least I'm thinner. Mm. And that makes me feel better. And she's like, and I know I'm doing this and I don't know why. So we all have internalized fat phobia. And I certainly did as well. Because for me, with exercise, it really was about um, controlling my body and keeping my weight down. Um, With this form of exercise, I came into it already much heavier than I've ever been. And so, you know, I literally everyone I talk to, I'm like, oh, you should come pole dancing with me. Yeah, I need to lose a couple pounds before I can do that. No, you don't. So what pole dance has taught me is, first of all, it has put me so much in touch with my body in a way that I never have allowed myself to be. I've always been afraid of sex. I've always been afraid of sensuality. And those two things have kind of, I'm, I am able to look at my body in the mirror um, and not be disgusted by what I see. Um, 
I'm able to look at myself moving in a way that is sensual or sexual and not be disgusted by what I see. But in, in addition to that, I'm still much heavier than I was. I haven't lost weight since I started polling almost, you know, eight months ago, seven months ago. Um, but I can do some really incredible things. And so can other women who aren't thin. So the more I see other bodies in their own ability, doing what they can do, it just proves to me that you don't have to look or perform a certain way in order to be able to be beautiful, to be sexual, to be sensual, or just to, to be able, you know, and it's really freaking cool. The sensual aspect I really want to touch on because I myself was like raised in, um, like mm-hmm. I, I myself am a Christian and I was raised like very Christian household, which is like you know, the way I was raised was wonderful, but there was also a little thing like, you know, it, it is important to emphasize in, um, you know, Christianity, wait for, you know, sex to marriage, blah, blah, blah. And like, that is all so great. You know, it, it is at the same time, it was kind of like, I started to think that sex was like bad kind of, or like being, oh, yeah. feeling sexual was bad. And oh, yeah. to this day, I have felt insecurities and and this is has nothing to do with my parents or the way I was ra- raised necessarily. It's just like the society belief. And I'm not saying anything of is right or wrong in regards to this. All I'm saying is that I wanted to feel sexier and feel like I wasn't sinning when I was feeling sexy, honestly. And mm-hmm. some people might be saying like, well, it's right to wait till marriage. And I'm not saying it's not like right or wrong. I'm just That's saying. A choice. That's it's not, a choice. There's no right or wrong. It's exactly. just a choice. And this is a sensitive topic, but. I'm just going to be honest about myself. I really wanted to feel more sensual and just feel like my body is not just like, I don't know. It's so hard to put into words. I just wanted to feel expressive with that. Mm-hmm. And and I tried pole for the first Yay! time two weeks ago because <laughs> of you, Kyla, because awesome. I, I was inspired by you. And I was like, well, if Kyla does it, I'm going to try to do it. And like <laughs> watching your videos has been so awesome. So I was like, I'm going to do this. And Kyla, I've got to tell you. That was one of the hardest things I have ever done, but at the same time, one of the most thrilling. Like, mm-hmm. I, the first class, I was giggling and laughing, and I was, like, trying to be, like, mature, but watching myself in the mirror doing that was just, like, uncomfortably awkward. Yeah. That my reaction was to laugh. Like, this feels silly. This feels silly. I look stupid. This is ridiculous. Blah, blah, blah. But by the end of the hour, I was doing this little choreographed routine, only looking at myself in the mirror, like, just telling myself, go with it. Go with it. Like, feel it out. Listen Mm -hmm. to the music. Move your hips. Like, feel like you are the beautiful, sexy creature you are. Because... And, and this, you know, you have, like, it's just so awesome how you're far away from me, but yet you're making such an impact on my life still. And mm. I was realizing with CrossFit, like, I was, you know, I like, for the past six years, I have adopted this masculine mentality because girls need to have abs and girls need to be tough and girls need to, like, be mm-hmm. just, I mean, just as equal to men, of course, but, like, physically so. And we're yep. supposed to be lifting the same amount of weights as men and like doing CrossFit with the men and the attitude in the gym is hardcore and none of that is bad again but for me it was like a tool to stay away from my feminine side because I felt so weird about the feminine side of myself I didn't feel sexy I didn't really feel confident with guys I Mm -hmm. just didn't I just 
I just wanted to express my masculine side as much as possible. So since I got into a relationship, and this could be totally true for you as well, because you kind of started this when you were dating. But since mm-hmm. I've gotten into a relationship, I was like, you know, some one of us has, has to be feminine. And if I can't play that part, like something a big, big, important, crucial part of our relationship is going to be lacking. Like I yeah. have to totally embrace that femininity and I have to rock it and I have to feel good about it because he's not going to do it. I'm meant to do it. I'm manufactured to do it. My body is made this way. So why don't I do it and feel it and just adopt, embrace this, um, divine femininity. (laughs) And so this has brought it out totally. Yeah. Well, and so, and so here's the thing, you know, for me, Sexuality has, you know, I wasn't brought up in a religious household at all, um, but there was very, very, like, we still had a very, very, like, right or wrong sense of sexuality. Um, And so, and I was exposed to that from a very young age. And so there's also, I mean, just, I don't know, somehow I internalized that my body was bad. Um, that wanting like any sort of sexual feeling was bad, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I allowed myself to get put into some very not good situations because, you know, society says, well, you should be, you know, a sexual creature and you should look sexy and you should make when men want you and whatever. So I had that going, but then I also had this thing in my head. It was like, but if I actually act on it, then I am the worst person in the mm. world. Um, And I will say that I allowed that feeling to trigger my eating disorder um, multiple times. And I actually relapsed really hardcore in 2007 when I started dating a guy. Um, I ended up like under 100 pounds and like suicidally depressed. And because but the good thing, quote unquote, the good thing was that I had no more libido and I had to break up with him because I was repulsed. Um, and I was, you know, so it was one of those things where it was like, okay, so I can use sex as an excuse for my eating disorder. Um, obviously, I didn't think that consciously, but that was how I reacted in every subsequent encounter with, a, you know, a person that I might be attracted to. Um, and the same thing happened when I decided to become a, a fitness competitor. Uh, it was because I was in a relationship with a guy who I thought my body had to look a certain way. Um, he kind of intimated that it needed to look a certain way. Um, (laughs) and in order for me to be okay for him, and I ended up breaking up with him because I didn't want him to see my body when we we were, uh, for a while. And when it was time to go see him again, I called him and I said, I can't, I can't do it because I I can't have you see me, (laughs) which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, but I was so afraid of sex, so afraid of it. Um, and I'm not just talking about the act of sex, but just being a sensual creature in the presence of another human being. That's it, right? Yeah. And so, honestly, the the work that I've done in pole, I take so I take two classes. I take pole fitness, which is like where I learn all the cool tricks, um, and I take sexy pole which is the hardest thing in the world for me because I have to actually like touch my body and be move it in sensual ways and be okay with that because everybody else is. And there's nobody else in the room but me when I'm doing that, which is kind of cool, even when we're performing for each other because we do that too. And it's just been, it's so nice because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm seeing a guy now who is incredible and awesome. And it's like, I have a libido and I don't feel guilty about it. And I can relate to him 
on a completely separate plane that I've never been able to relate to anybody before. There's something very cool about being able to share your body with somebody in a very consensual, happy, joyous way. Um, and I think a lot of people, especially when they get hooked on exercise and fitness and nutrition, they give up a lot of that because, you know, sex gets in the way. Um, it gets in the way of your workouts. It gets in the way of your relationships because, well, you know, hey, I, you know, I don't, I can't, I really am attracted to this guy, but he doesn't eat the same food that I eat and it really disgusts me. So I'm totally turned off right now. Or, you know, you know, I can't go see this guy tonight or girl, whatever. I'm not, you know, gender neutral. I can't go see this person um, tonight because I have to be, I have a race in the morning and I can't, I can't miss this. I can't miss you know, like it's it's the most important thing in, in my life. You know, oh, well, we can't go on a date today because I have to Tupperware my food. Um, and so and he really wants to go for pizza and I can't do that. So it's like it just gets in the way. And then there's, oh, well, my body doesn't look right today. Do you really think your partner cares? Like, and if your partner does, get rid of that partner. Mm -hmm. Like, if, you, if you're if you a little bit more bloated than you, you feel like you're more bloated than usual. Or, you know, like... And and I'll be honest, you know, seeing this guy now in the heaviest I've ever been and he is still sexually attracted to me, again, shatters my belief system that I can only be sexually attractive when I look a certain way. Obviously, that's not the case. So it just it's continuously reinforcing for me because, of course, I'm still going to have thoughts once you once you have it in your head. It's there. It You know that stupid little voice in the back of your head that says that you're supposed to be thinner or eating differently or exercising differently. It's always going to be there and it sucks and I'm sorry. You can't get rid of it, but you can tell it to shut the heck up. Um, and the way that you do that is you continuously shatter your belief systems so that when that voice pops up, you can be like, hey, Looney Tunes, you're insane. Stop. <laughs> That's not the truth. Right. Mm -hmm. And this yeah. all goes back to that perfect body mentality. Like I have to have the perfect mentality I and mean, the perfect body mentality, but yet I can't do anything with this perfect body. Like I'll get the perfect body, oh, yeah. but then once I have it, there's no use for it. It just looks pretty. And like you said, when you, when you were younger and you kind of acted out on it and I did the same exact thing, like with fitness modeling, like modeling, but Mm -hmm. uh, the bodybuilding competitions like I wanted to look like this sexy sexy creature and get Instagram comments and people saying you look so hot wow I look like I look like that blah 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 I want to like have that body and yet little did mm -hmm. they know I had no place to take this body to there was no use for it and I yeah. did not feel sensual confident anything I didn't want to date anyone I was dating someone at the time but I didn't I wasn't really present like I didn't feel like mm -hmm. I know he wanted to just you know he wanted to <laughs> I yeah. was just like, oh, yeah. like, I don't really think that's a good thing tonight. I just, yeah. I have food I need to eat. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. And I just, was, I was always feeling bloated and like, I just did not feel sexy. And now I too, since those days, I'm 15 pounds more than I was then and still working on that feeling deep down inside, but it is coming out more and more every day because I'm taking actions to rid myself of the things in my life that are not letting me progress. And I had to say, you know what? CrossFit and Olympic lifting is not letting me progress. It's not letting me progress. Like maybe at one point it did take me a step further, but now I have to take the next step and that's not helping me take the next step. So I have to back out of that. And the cool thing about you and pole is like, that has now become a tool for getting your 
mentality straightened out and that's when you know you really have an awesome form of movement because we were talking about this earlier and before we wrap up with the show i really want to touch on paleo fx and how you know you know you use pole after paleo fx to help you feel more sensual and confident and have fun again but what happened at paleo fx that you really want to share with everybody (laughs) well so i've I don't know. The last year has been a really big year of learning for me um, about shattering belief systems and about um, kind of what I what I've been using in recovery, like kind of the way that you used CrossFit as a way to get out of the gym. Right. Mm -hmm. But at what point does that thing that you're using stop serving you? So here's my thing about paleo. I you know, I still eat mostly paleo. Like I like meat, vegetables, fruit, fat. Like I have no problem with any of those things. Um, what I do have a problem with is the mindset around it. And I understand that there are people who don't care that much and they're just eating it and they're happy, but they're not the people who are going to paleo FX and writing on the blogs. And I just, I realized that in order to recover in the last year, and I've talked about this a lot, I had to get rid of all of the health podcasts, all of the blogs. I I had to stop. You know, if I wanted to really change my mindset, I needed to listen to comedy and read feminist blogs because that made me happy. Um, And so I got rid of all the nutrition stuff and I just started making my own decisions about food. Um, When I went to Paleo FX this year, I had I had signed up last year to do a talk on MTHFR, so I had to do that. Um, I'm kind of moving away from that because I really just the obsessive nature, the need to biohack, the need to constantly be, you know, figuring things out and and tweaking and getting and optimizing. It just it's driving me a little crazy because I I talk to a lot of women who you know I I you know, clients and people who listen to my podcast, who reach out, they're still not better. (laughs) Um, You know, I gave a talk last year at Paleo FX on how Paleo helped me recover. But my question is, was it Paleo that helped me recover or was it the permission? Was it not eating grains or was it permission to eat fat? Was it not eating legumes or was it permission to not count calories and so you know i've since had grains and legumes and i didn't die um i'm allergic to apples and almonds my mouth bleeds i don't eat those but i have gluten and my throat gets a little bit scratchy but that's pretty much it you know i don't have more panic attacks and suddenly go back into anorexia um you know i can't have dairy because again i'm allergic to dairy that's not like i'm making a decision out of fear Gluten was a decision I made out of fear. And same thing with legumes. Like, you know, I shouldn't be, you know, standing in a Whole Foods freaking out because, oh, my God, can I have lentil soup? Like, is this okay? I want it, but I I, I don't know. If, and there's canola oil. Like, am I going to die? Will I get Alzheimer's and cancer and gain 60 pounds on the spot? To me, that is worrisome. So when I went to Paleo FX what the conversations that I had were mostly along the lines of I am still exercising too much 
I can't stop thinking about food. I'm constantly worried about food. I don't know what to do um, because I, I'm, I've got all of these supplements. I don't know which one's working. I don't know what I'm allowed to take. I don't look the way I want to look. I'm completely underweight. I'm not getting my period, but I, I'm not thin enough yet and I'm scared of gaining weight. And also, you know, what do I do if my eggs aren't pasture you know, grass fed, whatever. What do, what do I do when I go out and there are people who want to eat and I don't want to eat the same things? Like all of these questions were still there. That's not recovery. That's not recovery. For me, permission was recovery. That doesn't mean that I'm out eating Oreos every day. I haven't had an Oreo in like, I can't even tell you how long and I don't want them. So that's fine. You don't have to eat Oreos. But the other day I tried a cracker and I didn't die. You know what I mean? Like it was, I wanted to eat it. I made the decision not out of fear, but because I wanted it. And it's worrisome to me that we still live in a world that is so focused on food. So when I talk about recovery and discovery, right, those are my kind of my two principles. Recovery is when you're trying, you're like, okay, so I've been calorie restricted for way too long and I've been, um, you know, over-exercising for way too long. So I'm going to change how I'm doing this. I'm going to eat more calories or I'm going to change my exercise modality. And a lot of people in recovery stop there. So you go from obsessing about eating not enough to obsessing about what you're eating. Um, you go obsessing about exercising too much to ex obsessing about exercising in your certain way you're exercising. The fact that we have millions of Instagram accounts that are just food that we have podcasts still talking about the same 17 principles and arguing about ketogenic versus non-ketogenic versus, you know, whether or not you're doing, you know, cryogenic, you know, carb backloading with, you know, methyl try whatever because you're trying to run a, a 5K while also being a, I mean, whatever. We go crazy. We go crazy and it doesn't allow you to actually recover. So while you may have gotten more permission, you haven't given yourself permission to live. And so at PaleoFX, I, I, I left so triggered. I, I, didn't, I stayed away from the convention center as much as possible. And when I was there, I hung out with Stephanie Ruper, <laughs> you know, um, because that made it a lot easier. Um, but I left so triggered because... You know, we went out to dinner and I was the only person who ordered French fries, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not like everyone needed to eat French fries, but it was one of those things where it's like, are you afraid of French fries? Are you not eating them because you like what, what, why, you know, and everybody's looking at them while you eat them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's that kind of thing. I mean, obviously, there are people who make decisions and it's great and they feel good about their food and they love talking about it because it invigorates them in the way that going to poll invigorates me. Great. But for the for the women and men, actually, who need to hear this, you, when you continue to obsess about your food, even if it's just to like talk about the moral righteousness of your food quality, unless you're out there like helping a, a small farmer, you don't need to talk about food anymore. Like you've talked about it. You've already told people. People know that you eat healthy. You know, you've shared the articles on Facebook. You're done. You already know all the answers, right? You already know them. Nobody can tell you anything different. Um, you've already, you know, like, I, I, it just upsets me when people 
So I taught a workshop um, on how to stop losing the last 10 pounds. And it was pretty much full. <laughs> and people were sitting in there like we did some and it was literally not about food. It was about all the things besides food that we're using food to cover up. And people came up to me crying afterwards. And I want, you know, I, I have work to do. I want to fix this. But then I still see people going and like hugging Dallas and Melissa and being super excited about the whole 30 and, you know, the 21 day sugar detox and reposting the paleo mom. And I, I don't think there's anything like I don't want people to think that I'm like, I don't like these people. I think they're wonderful, good people who are doing their best to help a bunch of very confused, often sick people try to fix their lives. And I appreciate that. But. You don't need a Whole30. You don't need a 21-day sugar detox. You don't need to argue about whether or not you should be in ketosis because you shouldn't be thinking about it. You don't need to think about it. You already know all the answers, right? Your beliefs, you already know. You already know. I can I can argue with you all day about whether or not I should have had that, gluten, that gluten-filled cracker, right? But you already know the answer and you can't be told differently. So if you already know, why can't you just get rid of your, your food podcasts, mm-hmm. right? That's my question. If you already know the answer... Why are you still obsessing about it? And that to me is kind of the crux of it. It's like, if you already know the answers, why are you still seeking answers? Yeah. Wow. So, <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. Like that, that <laughs> message right there is the one that I'm trying to drive home in every single one of my podcasts, honestly. Yeah. yeah. And from, for me, I so, I love I love every single person that I have met at Paleo FX. I mean, for, for goodness sake, I wouldn't have known you if if we right. hadn't met there. I absolutely adore my community. Um, and it makes it very, very difficult for me. And I'm still, quote unquote, paleo. Like, I'm not eating crackers every day. Like, I don't care. But I, I don't have a label for it, right? It's just, this is how I eat. And then I go live my life. My label is I'm a life coach, right? My label is I work in marketing. My label is I'm, you know, I'm working on building relationships. My label is I do pole dance, but I don't care about the food and fitness things so much that I need more answers or I need to show other people that I have the answers, you know, Um, and that's where discovery comes in, right? It's not about recovery because if you just want to recover and recover and recover, you can do it. You can keep going. Go for it. Do another whole 30. See how it makes you feel because it made you feel the same way last time, right? Well, then why do you still have to do it again? Fine. Do it. If that's what makes you feel safe, do it. But if you're ready to be uncomfortable in a way that allows you to expand your life, that's when you say, okay, what else do I need to be doing? What else could I be doing instead of, you know, looking up more recipes for the same thing? Like, seriously, throw some meat in a pan. It's not that hard. Put put a fat on it that you like, maybe a couple spices. That's your recipe right there. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's it's just like people trying to reinforce what they don't feel like their intuition wants. Because mm-hmm. it, when, when it, whenever you eat a certain way, like for your well-being, and, and it's there's no thought that really has to go into it, that's great. Like that's the, that's the goal I have for all of my clients, just be able to eat in a certain way and then move on with your day and go do more <laughs> things and expand your learning sphere. But when you're reading the same articles over and over and over again, really trying to find a different answer because you're tired of hearing that grains are evil and you keep yeah. reading about it just to reinforce, okay, they're evil, they're evil, they're evil. Like, okay, more people agree that they're evil. I shouldn't eat grains. But 
deep down, the reason why you keep reading all these things over and over again is because you really want grains. Like you really, really want them because they're so good to you and they make your body (laughs) feel good. And that's my case at least. And I know for a lot of people that's their cases too. And I remember like once, once upon a time I would really want, (laughs) it's like, the conferences like paleo effects i wish they were over like everywhere across the land and everyone knew about it and they were all around and now i'm getting to the point where i'm like it's the same with biggest loser it's like there's no bad thing about losing weight but the Mm -hmm. the the fact that this kind of competition exists is the problem and it's with paleo effects and other kind of diet conferences it's like it's not that paleo is bad or eating that certain way is bad but the fact that the conference exists is almost to the point where it's like some people it's not bad or good the conference in itself but for every single person it could be bad it could be like bad or good there's some people that really enjoy it and they have fun but then there are some people that just are so confused and i'm getting to the point where i wish People just went to doctors again. Like, I just want doctors once more. Like, go to doctors if you want to, like, figure out why you have a thyroid problem. Don't go to conferences where it's just going to confuse you and it's all this information coming from people that have never learned anything about your body and give you this opportunity to feast and uh, devour information that's really going to set you back steps. Yeah. And, you know, like, and here's the thing. There are people who are sick and who are healing themselves. They're experience is not your experience it's the same thing like when you go on a forum that you found off of google right you're going to get 17 different answers and you're still going to feel confused and this is not to say that trying to heal yourself is a bad thing this is not even to say that eating paleo is a bad thing i think if if you feel good doing it i honestly if you feel better than you ever have in your life i have zero problem with that do that like keep doing the thing that makes you feel good but as soon as it stops making you feel good and I'm not just talking about physically, I'm talking about emotionally, then maybe it's time to reassess. You know, I, I just, it's, it's, there's a really fine line. And the thing is, nutrition is probably one of the biggest opinion-based sciences out there. Um, you can find a study that will back you up on pretty much anything. Um, you will find anecdotal evidence that will back you up on pretty much everything. The fact that there is an entire community of people who eat bananas and nothing else, right? Right. Okay, and say that they feel better than they've ever felt in their lives. Nutrition is an opinion-based science, if I can call it that, because nobody has any idea what in the hell works. And I I actually had this conversation with my my girls at the, the Body Image Breakthrough this weekend. I said, look, Right now, I'm mostly not sick. Okay, yeah, I still have to take thyroid medication, but I was doing that anyway. So um, I'm mostly not sick. I want to be able to live my life. I'm not, if I sit here and try to tweak and optimize, I'm not going to be living my life. I'm going to be tweaking and optimizing. Um, I'm not going to get to go to my burlesque tassel twirling class at the end of the month if I have to be home at 12 o'clock to, you know, make my grass-fed whatever lunch, Right. It's if you sit and obsess, it's you can't live your life. So what's the point of living forever? What is the point of living forever if you don't enjoy a single moment of it? Mm, And I'm not saying you got to live fast and die young. Right. Obviously, make healthful decisions. That's that should be a given. Make healthful decisions. But I just think that if you waste I, I have sunk cost, right? 13 years. I don't want that anymore. And I don't want paleo to be the cause of that either for anybody. 
if you're using it to recover and you really are recovering, great. What are you doing after you recover? Yeah. That's my question. What are you doing after? That is such a good question. (laughs) Oh my goodness. I love it so much, Kyla. I think this is like just the point that we need to hit home because people think that recovery needs to go on forever and ever and ever. And what they don't realize is that they're stuck in a cycle mm-hmm. and it's like, they're afraid, they're afraid of the sunk cost and they want to make it useful by keeping it going. But you have to come to this point where you make the decision to stop it and to start discovering and to start reaching out to new avenues and make all of those sunk costs, turn them around and make them useful like you did, because all of those experiences have contributed to you as a life coach. You yeah. use them now. You Without them, you wouldn't be where you are today. You wouldn't be helping all these other people. And the same can go for everyone else. You can use your experiences to channel towards helping other people or finding new passions. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly it. We're, you know, whether we were put on this earth or we just showed up, you know, whatever your belief system, you you have an imperative to use your life for something that makes you feel good. There's no reason. There's no reason to be on this earth and hate every second of it. You don't have to. You absolutely don't have to. Now, that means you have to find a passion, <laughs> right? And go live it. Go live it. Like, and if if you're, you know, if the if you have like a serious disease that you're managing with food, then I'm not talking to you. Like, that's deal with that. But don't let that be a fear. Right. Right. Don't let it be. A, don't let food be a fear because you're not sure how it might affect you sixty years down the line. You know, like, because if you get to 60 years down the line and you're busy, still worried about your food, what have you gained in those 60 years? You don't want 60 years of sunk cost. It's not worth it. Agreed. I think that is a wonderful place to um, end this episode. There's so much valuable insight in here. Thank you so much for enjoying episode 50 with me. This was so much fun. (laughs) So exciting. I'm just so glad to get to actually talk to you again. It's really nice. (laughs) Yeah, me too. I love doing this and I I love chatting with you on Facebook and just seeing what you're up to and keeping up with you on Instagram. So tell everyone, they already probably know where to find you, but tell them again where they can (laughs) find you and keep up with the work you're doing. Absolutely. So uh, the best place is in my skinny jeans, G-E-N-E-S dot com. Uh, if you want to listen to my podcast, we've got some really crazy, amazing guests coming up. Um, and we've also had some really crazy, amazing guests in the last hundred episodes. Um, but yeah, so that's Finding Our Hunger. Um, type it into iTunes, findingourhunger.com. Um, and actually, if you do listen to the podcast, I, I have a Patreon account, P-A-T-R eon.com slash finding our hunger and if you want to support us so we can keep making more podcasts you can go there and you can win some cool stuff um and yeah so those are the main places and of course if you want to follow me on twitter i count characters and not calories at miss skinny jeans wonderful everyone check it out because your podcast is one of my favorites you always have such awesome guests on and if people like this show i know they will like your show (laughs) awesome well thank you so 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 much i really appreciate it my pleasure see you later kyla you bet 